Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Today we're going to be continuing our discussion on keeping the faith with our next practice, and we really find this in in the Psalms all over the place, but it's anchoring your faith in praise. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Uh, One of the secrets of success is to speak about what you're trying to accomplish. It will keep you accountable, and praising God will keep you anchored in His power and His strength with your faith. Did you know that praise is an actual language? It's a language of faith. And it's also a language of receiving. And as we grow as Christians, we'll also grow in our language of praise. And we'll actually become very fluent in that language. The more we praise Him, the more we step out in faith praising Him, the the broader and deeper this language will grow. That's why we're called to bless the Lord at all times. No matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what state we find ourselves in, we're called to praise the Lord or bless the Lord at all times. Right, because no matter what's happening in our lives, we have reason to still be thankful and to thank Him for what He has done, for what He is doing, and what He will do. If praise is continually in your mouth, does that mean that only good happens in your life? Absolutely not. I mean, we know that bad things happen to good people. Not all things are good, yet we know that the Scripture says that He works all things together for our good, but that doesn't mean that only good things happen to us. And it's very easy to praise Him when everything is going good and great and all the prayers are being answered exactly like we hope they would be. Not so much when things aren't going like we thought they should, but praise is an act of faith and it's probably one of the greatest acts of faith that we have when we can praise Him when things aren't going at all like we hoped they would. Praise is the proof that we have faith. You've said this so many times, you should praise the Lord before you see the results. I like it when you challenge our church and they're believing God for whatever it is and you have told them on countless occasions, you need to praise like it's already happened. Uh, you want to elaborate? Well, on yeah, that? absolutely. We, you know, we like to share the story, um, or I do often, about the the Hebrew children, the children of Israel, after they crossed the Red Sea, and it talks about you know Miriam taking the dancers and the timbrels, and they began to dance and rejoice because they just received a momentous victory crossing the Red Sea. But how much more glorious would it have been had they praised God? on the other side of the Red Sea before he parted the waters. Had their faith stretched forth and said, you know, we know that our back's up against the mountains. We know that Pharaoh and his army is bearing down us on us. We know that there's a sea in front of us and we don't know how we're going to get out of this, but you are God. But God. And so we praise you anyway. And how I think God loves it when we're able to do that. And how confusing to the enemy is it when we're able to say, we see no way out 
like God. You know, I believe that praise is the announcement of your faith to the natural world and even to the supernatural world. It's just the announcement that says, I am believing God for whatever it is that you're going through or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And you're not always going through something. You may just be trying to accomplish something great, maybe a ministry or maybe something financially, something in your own personal life that will change the world or change your world. And so you're just announcing in faith through your praise and you're saying, I thank you, Lord, in advance of this stuff happening, that this is what's going to take place. And you're calling things that are not as though they are just like God says. But more importantly, you're engaging the Father because when we have a thankful heart, uh, it, it just announces to the world. So if you believe you receive what you've asked, you'll thank God for it even before it manifested. Pray says this, I know that it's coming. That's good. I know it's coming. And that's like a little child if you've promised to get them a bicycle. And that child believes that you're going to get a bicycle. Instead of continuing to ask for the bicycle, just believes because you've said, I'm getting you a bicycle. If every day that child said, thank you, Dad, for the bicycle, even though you haven't brought the bicycle home yet, you haven't gotten, there's no sign of a bicycle at all. But every day the child said, thank you, Daddy, for that bicycle. Man, how... How touching is that? That child really believes, even though there's no sign of a bicycle, that you're going to perform. You're going to get that bicycle. How much more willing does it even make you to, to get the bicycle? You know, I had a pastor friend I heard explain this way a long time ago. He said, when we go to God, it's like my, my daughter's coming up in my lap. He said, if they come to me and they get in my lap, and the first thing they do is start trying to go through my pockets to get something from me, just to reach in and grab money or candy or something like that. He said, my attitude is a little bit uh, reserved, and I want to kind of hold back from them. But if they come up to me and call me daddy and they begin to love on me, he said, suddenly my pockets open wide open and everything that I've got is theirs. And I think it's just a strong way of saying, I know it's coming from you, Lord, and we just want to love on you in the process because after all, realistically, all of heaven and earth is going to pass away. Old things are going to be made new. And so this earth is going to burn up and everything in it. So it's not those things that are so important, but it's our relationship with each other and it's our relationship with God that counts. And we want to make it clear that, that we don't praise him to get something anyway. You know, we praise him because of who he is and what he's done. We're thankful for what he's done, but praise is an extension of our faith in saying, you know, he, his word is true, his promises is true. We know that it is a connection. There's a connection between praise and strength that strengthens us. We know that there's a spirit of praise that puts us in a position that produces more spiritual strength. It really does. I feel stronger after I've praised, after I've worshiped him and thanked him, even though I haven't seen anything in the natural realm that looks like the promise that he's given me. So what does it mean when you're praising God? What is that saying to the world and also to yourself and even to God? Praise, if you break it down, is short for appraisal. It's putting our appraisal or establishing the true value of something. When we're praising God, what we're doing is saying you're valuable, you're able, you have strength to do this, you have the power to do this. In real estate, we establish a value based on history of what has happened in an area, and we speculate about the future based on our knowledge of a given market. 
And sometimes we even have insider information. And the thing is, is when we're praising God, we're not just praising him for something in the future. We're praising him for things that have already taken place. So we already know things that other people may not know. And by reading the Bible, we have insider information that that allows us to evaluate a situation or a property and, and gives us uncommon knowledge, which produces a favorable situation in any area of your life. So having that insider information is very, very important to us. Well, therefore, we praise him because our insider information or knowledge in Christ, which allows us to have an unfair or favorable outcome in everything that we do. Psalm 34, 2 says, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. So whenever we boast, it's because we're sure of something we have accomplished or we're certain that will come to pass. And we're sure of something that has already happened or we're sure that it's going to happen, which really makes us think about Jehoshaphat or the story of Jehoshaphat in the Bible, which is one of my favorite stories to talk about when you're talking about praise because there's no better example of somebody stepping out in a state that is unfavorable and praising the Lord. And if you don't know the story of Jehoshaphat, it's during the time when Jehoshaphat was king and his army was outnumbered, they were going to be attacked and Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. So they began to humble themselves before the Lord, which is, that's a key scripture right there. And they just began to lay face down on the ground before the Lord and they sought God, what do we do in this situation? A priest began to cry out and said to send out those singers ahead of the army and send out the worshipers first to begin to praise God ahead of the army. Now this seems ridiculous in the natural. Jehoshaphat being king could have said, this is ridiculous. We're going to be laughed at. I'm not sending the worshipers out and the people with the tambourines and the singers and the dancers and all that. We're going to be the laughing stock of all the world. I'm not doing it. But he humbled himself and said, if that's what God says to do, then that's what we're going to do. And they began to worship God. He sent out the singers and the dancers, and they began to worship God in the natural, praise God in the natural for the victory, because God had said that he was going to give them victory. And the song they actually began to sing says as they went out before the army, singing the refrain from Psalms 136, which was, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's the song they sang in the battle. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And the Bible tells us that they went out and they sang, and that confused swept the other armies and the other armies turned on each other and destroyed one another and Jehoshaphat's army won. They had great victory and they collected all the spoils. So the Lord had told them basically I love how Bill Johnson put this he said the Lord told them I'm going to take my stick and beat the snot out of the devil but it's going to be released through your tambourine. I'm going to beat the tar out of the enemy but it's going to be released through your praise. See there's a connection between physical obedience and spiritual release. So insider information was what they had that allowed them to know what they were supposed to do, but obedience was the key, and praising God was the instrument of the method that God chose to actually uh, vindicate and liberate them. Absolutely. Moses with his arms up. Insider information was... As long as your arms are up, Moses, your army will win the battle. And so he had to keep his arms up. Physical obedience, physical posture released angelic realm to bring about victory. So what we do in the natural and obedience to the Lord releases unseen agents to accomplish the purposes of God in the earth. 
to change conditions and shift atmospheres. So I always think it's ridiculous that I'm standing here praising God for whatever and I can't see it and I'm in this horrible state. We, we are releasing things in the atmosphere. We are releasing angels to work and go about and shifting atmospheres and causing unseen activity, angelic activity in unseen realms to operate on our behalf to destroy and confuse the enemy. So for the past, I don't know how long, it just seems like that people have um, moved into talking about a relationship with God. And sometimes it's your relationship which allows you to get insider information, which allows you to have an unfair advantage in a situation. And when you praise God because you're in praise, it actually is anchoring you and securing you in that relationship and causing the area of your life and the area of others to be influenced and affected by it. I like what you're saying there about being anchored in praise. The word anchored means to be attached, fixed, or secured. So we're able to have faith in God no matter the state that we find ourselves in because we're anchored in praise. We're secure, fixed, or attached. So it has nothing to do with our feelings at the moment because we know that the state we're in is subject to change. I'm secure in past experiences of God coming through for me or his will always being perfect or his promise always being true of knowing that he is always good. It's this insider information that allows us to praise him and our faith to be anchored in praise. This leads me to one of my favorite scriptures out of Psalm chapter 13, verse 5 through 6, um, out of the New Living Translation. It says, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. That's insider information. That's based on relationship with him, knowing that he's always good, that he does rescue us. I can remember a time in our life, and you remember this, when it was after the financial collapse of 2008, we had, we got sucked down in that financial collapse, and we were really struggling, and actually we're driving around in our daughter's... um, We lost everything. Yeah, we did. We lost everything. We We lost our cars, our houses. Absolutely, everything. Uh, We had our furniture still, but we lost our home. We were renting a place. It wasn't a very good place, but we were grateful to have shelter. And we were actually driving around in our youngest daughter's little beetle bug that we had bought her earlier. It was her first car. Yeah, we called it Superman. It was bright red with yellow fenders, yellow hubcaps, and blue on the door handles and mirrors. That's right. And so it looked like a little rolling Crayola box. Smelled like Crayola, too. Uh, If you've ever ridden in a Volkswagen Beetle, you know that the inside of a lot of them, do they do smell like crayons? So that's what we're driving around in. She was gracious enough to let her parents borrow her car because her parents didn't have a car. And that was our ride. And, you know, we were just really at a low point trying to do our best to to just continue forward. Ministry was just a a stretch for us at that time. It's hard to talk about faith when you're in that condition and, and everything around you just seems to not be working. But I remember we just kept trying to work on our faith and have a a good testimony and a good word that we would speak. But praising God was very important during that time. Absolutely. And, you know, keep in mind during this time, of course, you know, the whole country was struggling. And let me say this, ministry does not exempt you from struggles. No, and and even speaking words of faith do not exempt you from going through things. There are a lot of people that feel like if something happens to you that's negative, it's because you said something. 
And the whole country went through this. So somebody uh, either, if that theory worked, somebody was everywhere was saying something wrong. Or we just have life that hits us from time to time, and it's in God's plan. And I do know the scripture says this, it rains on the just and the unjust. So we went through what everybody else went through. And it was a difficult time. Being in ministry did not keep us from going through it. However, fate did carry us through it. So you need to keep that in mind. While while being in ministry will not keep you from going through things, faith in God and the faith of God will carry you through it. We did come through to the other side. We did get in the boat. Jesus was in the boat with us. And we did cross over. I really think there were some valuable lessons we couldn't have really learned in and I'm not saying that God put something on us that was terrible so that we would learn lessons. Not at all. But there were value in the lessons that we learned during that period of time when it was a difficult situation, and yet we kept moving forward and God kept carrying in us. And when we lost everything, it was really important that we, we understood that what was important is that we had each other and we still had our relationship with God. Absolutely. And, you know, more of our story will, will unfold as we, you know, as we go forward. We'll, we'll get to a point where we're able to share more of that with you guys. And when we do conferences and as we, we travel and speak, we, we get asked to share it a lot. Obviously, with as with other people, there's been, you know, bad choices and bad decisions and different things that, that cause things to happen as well. But in spite of all that, you know, God is good and we're driving around and our daughter's Crayola colored Superman. Superman. Beetle, we're struggling to buy groceries. However, we never did go without a meal. God provided for us. Not only did we not go without meals, we actually were able to provide meals for other people. Right. But during this time, you know, we had taken a sabbatical from pastoring. We're trying to to pray and figure out what ministry at this point looks like for us. What are we supposed to be doing? We had evangelized for years. We'd pastored. Our family had gone through a tremendous storm, and we felt like it was wisdom to take a sabbatical and get healing, and then we're going through this financial storm now. So here we are trying to recover. We're driving around in this Beetle. Finances are are just, they're not there. We're literally just surviving. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Driving around in this Beetle, and we went outside one morning, and one of the little yellow hubcaps were missing. And I remember looking down thinking, really? Really? And I started crying. I'm thinking, why? Who would take this? A yellow, who needs a yellow hubcap? Why would somebody steal one of the yellow hubcaps? Now I'm driving around in a Crayola colored car with three yellow hubcaps and one are missing. And I just remember I just cried. And then I think, how could this be? And then I just had to turn it around and begin to praise God, I still had a car to drive and I still had a house to live in and God was still faithful. God was still good. He still was providing. And you know, that year we made it through. We were able to not just eat as as kids, we were able to bring ministry students into our home that didn't have food a lot, feed them. I don't even know how we did that. But God was faithful, and He just kept providing and providing. We went from there to to ministering on the streets, feeding the homeless, and just doing things that were impossible to do. But when you turn things around and begin to praise God, quote that scripture. Maybe you need to quote it right now. I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because He is good to me. You know, the scripture that comes to mind to me in, in that entire situation is found in Psalm 73. 
verse 26, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And, and I've preached on this passage many times. We were going through something and we didn't know what to do, but it reminded me that the children of Israel were backed up against the Red Sea and they didn't know what to do. Pharaoh was coming at them, but God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Absolutely. And he is so consistent to do that and so faithful. Yes, yes, he is. He is. And not all good things happen to us, but God is always good. Someone's still in my little yellow hubcap, and that may seem ridiculous to you and kind of, it is comical now. I can laugh about it. But I assure you, right then it was like the straw that broke the camel's back because I'm struggling to figure out how to buy groceries. We didn't have, how are we going to pay the lights? And we're driving around in this borrowed car. It was very humbling. Before that, was driving around in an Escalade. And, you know, we were doing pretty well. Now I'm driving around in my daughter's car and it's missing a yellow hubcap. You know, that was a humbling situation. And while it seems comical now and I can laugh about it, I had to remind myself that bad things happen. That wasn't terrible. It was just a, a hard, funny thing now. But at the time, it, it felt bad. But God is good. Not all good things happen to us, but God is good. And he rescues us. He rescued me. God is good. And his mercy never fails. The Bible says, this is one of my favorite scriptures, by the way. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And so that's uh, found in Psalms 34 and 3. I've often told the story in this of my grandfather. He was my mother's father. And uh, he took care of me when I was a child. And I really enjoyed it because I got to spend a lot of time with him. And we lived in Clearwater, Florida. And as long as I could remember, he would come and get me. And there was two things that were consistent. He would take me by the 7-Eleven, and I'd get an icy almost every day. And he'd get the local newspaper called the Clearwater Sun. And then we'd go to his house, and we'd just kind of hang out. And he was my buddy, and he really loved me and took good care of me. But he had this thing, and it was kind of a curved piece of glass, and he would put it over that newspaper. And when he did, what would happen was the words would grow. And, of course, I'm talking about a magnifying glass. And it kind of reminds me of that scripture where it said, magnify the Lord. See, we had the choice. We could have magnified our problems during that season, or we could magnify the Lord. And as we magnify the Lord, things changed for us. And, and when you take a magnifying glass and you point it in the direction of the sun, and then the rays from the sun actually go through, whatever's on the other side is in danger of being burned up. Just like our trials or troubles or tribulation, that situation of poverty which had tried to impose itself on us. I learned a valuable lesson about magnifying the Lord. I, I want you to think about that. The next time you're going through something, you can either turn the magnifying glass towards the problem and look at it and it'll become bigger, or you can turn it towards the sun and realize that he can consume. He's a, the Bible said that God is a consuming fire. And anything right. that you're going through, he can consume and bring you out of. In the book of Matthew, chapter 15, there's an interesting story that really deals with worship. And uh, you want to read that for us? Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. 
But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I find it so interesting to know that Jesus ignored this woman. That was strange, wasn't until it? Until she worshipped him. Absolutely. You, you mentioned earlier about magnifying the Lord, which is worship. That's, that's honoring him, praising him, worship him. In this set of scriptures, literally, he was ignoring her until she worshipped him. So worship is different from praise. However, the two are interconnected. Whenever we praise or worship God, we actually gain his attention. Praise is anchoring our faith in Christ and his ability. And so praise is the announcement to the rest of the world, really, and to the angelic world and to the demonic world that we have faith in his word and everybody will know as a result of how we praise God. I like that. Praise is the announcement of our faith to the world at large. It is, I like to say this, it's an extension, it's a verbal extension of, of our belief that God's going to come through for us. John four twenty three, he says, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such to worship him because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship is such a powerful weapon. It's probably one of the most powerful weapons that we have. I know that's probably the reason that the Lord told the children of Israel and Jehoshaphat, look, I'm gonna, I want you to send out the worshipers. Send out the worshipers first. Put them at the front of your army and have them worship me. Because the spiritual battle cannot be won with physical weapons. I think it's interesting that the, the worship took place in the face of adversity. Absolutely. That, that to me is such an amazing thing. They didn't wait until they won the battle. They didn't wait until they saw the hand of God move. Second Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So one of the greatest weapons in our arsenal is worship. Worship declares our dependence on God. It demonstrates our trust in God by declaring the victory before we ever see it. We just talked about that. It displays our faith in God. We move by faith in the natural, and it's released into the supernatural and then manifested in the natural. It's, I like to call it the boomerang effect. So before we see it in the natural, we begin to praise God. Something happens as we praise God in the natural. It moves into the supernatural, boomerangs back to us in the natural, and we see it all through worship. So you actually celebrate the victory before it becomes a victory. We're celebrating it like it is a done deal. The one woman came to Jesus asking to heal her child. He ignored her. She worshiped him. She gets his attention. So we put our focus on God by taking every thought captive. That's what you were saying about magnify the Lord with me. And we focus, whatever we focus on has our attention. We, we put our focus on him. He has our attention on our problems. And that shifts and changes everything. We don't like to end our broadcast without giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to somebody who might be listening. I have something for somebody named Jerome. So if you have a, a family member or a friend or you know somebody named Jerome that's going through a really difficult time, I really feel like I have a word of encouragement for Jerome 
that maybe in a really difficult situation right now, I feel like that it's something to do with, with your health. And I feel like the Lord's want me to tell you that while it's hard um, right now and it seems hopeless, that to praise Him right now may seem like really a struggle for you to praise Him during this hour and, the, and even in, through the pain. But just begin to, where you can, wherever you are right now, just to lift up your voice and begin to, to cry out to Him and to praise Him from your heart, begin to worship Him because I really see a shift coming and a change coming for you. Honestly, I felt in my spirit when, when I got your name that you were really, really down and, and really feeling like... And Suicidal. I, yes, yes. And I didn't even want... We're very careful about ever releasing that kind of word even into the atmosphere. But I wanted to encourage you not to give up, Jerome. I really feel like help is on the way and the Lord has heard your cry and not to give up and that all is not lost and it's not hopeless and that the pain that you're going through if it is physical or maybe it's just mental, um, but I just felt like you're in, in a lot of pain. And just to cry out to him, and, and he's had me call out your name for a reason, and to not give up. But the Lord is faithful. He will have mercy on you. He will rescue you. That's what the scripture says. He has heard me. He is good, and he will rescue me is what the scripture says. And I want to encourage you not to give up. And I want to encourage um, someone who's praying for a wayward child that it looks hopeless and, and that as you've been praying, that child has gotten worse and you feel like there's nothing else you can do and there's nothing else you can do, but you can continue to pray and you do not give up on that child as long as there's breath in your body and breath in their body. You continue to pray for that child and I want to encourage you to do that because we serve a faithful God. So he brought our son back from the brink of death, from death, actually, and we'll be sharing that later. But I want to encourage you and encourage Jerome. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank you for listening in continuously. I hope that you'll continue to, and you'll spread the word. And God bless you and keep you as our prayer. You want to add anything? Just uh, carry out your week with a spirit of praise and worship, and it's the, the biggest weapon in your arsenal. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at kenandlisahenderson.com for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson. See you next week.